It is Thursday. It is Weekend Eve. It's Weekend Eve, beautiful people. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. It's been a it, Thursday night was was uh, a good night. I went to hear um, Ian Manuel in conversation with um, uh, Clyde uh, Meckel uh, in a conversation put on by the uh, Racing Justice Center over at Yale and the you know all the things over at Yale Law School and all that. And uh, it was a wonderful conversation with Ian uh, Manuel. His book is called uh, My Time Will Come, A Memoir of Crime, Punishment, Hope, and Redemption. Uh, he was a quite a compelling character. And it was a wonderful, rich conversation. You know, they sat there and they talked. And it was uh, real talk. Nice audience of folks. And uh, I'm glad I got to go. And I, I'm glad I got to buy his book. And I'm glad I got it signed. So uh, it's good. So it's called My Time Will Come. And uh, this brother uh, was, I guess, one of these folks that was sentenced to life sentence at a very young age. And uh, so he lives in New York. He's a motivational speaker at schools and social organizations. Um, he's available to speak and all the kinds of things. So, but anyway, um, he's got the afford by Brian Stevenson. So really nice. And uh, he served time in a federal, in a, a Florida, Florida prison, which I, I can imagine that's akin to being in a third world nation. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, but, uh, interesting young man, wonderful poet, uh, and wonderful conversationalist. Hey, I really enjoyed him and I'm so glad I got to go last night. So, uh, uh, I, I don't think this will be the last time I see Mr. Ian Manuel and, uh, and it's, it's not a heavy, it's not a thick book. So, you know, I could, I could probably knock this out on the weekend. On top of the all the 50 million other books that I'm trying to finish. That's neither here nor there. So. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I went. It was good. We went to uh, Geronimo's for for food, dinner. I couldn't even eat it all. All brought it home. My daughter ate it. And uh, I want I I was hankering for uh, a jalapeno margarita, uh, but it it didn't hit right. It didn't hit the way I wanted it to hit. So I don't know. Uh, so anyway, I uh, I uh, I that's what I did last night. I did that, and it was fun. And it was thought provoking, and I and I met somebody from the Divinity School who I'm going to go speak to the speak in their class in the Institute of Sacred Music, and everybody was like, "Babs didn't even get in that school," and he was like, "What?" And everybody was like, "Yeah, that's what I said." <laughs> so, so maybe I'm not done with them yet. Maybe I am not done. So we'll, we shall see. I mean, we shall see. So anyway, happy, happy, happy Thursday. 
Uh, we are upon the weekend. I've got a full day ahead of me today. I've got 11.30 meeting, lunch meeting. That's going to go from 11.30 till, till 1 o'clock. Listen, it's one of those days. So I've got it from 11.30 to like 1, 1, 1.30. So it's going to be one of those kind of meetings. Uh, and then I've got a Planned Parenthood strategic meeting. And then um, I've got a, a dinner date with uh, two women who I absolutely like. So uh, so I've got a lot going. So it's going to be a long day. It's going to be it's going to be a sprint of a day. <laughs> it's going to be a sprint of a day, a sprint of a day. And uh, I think the weather is going to be cooperative. I don't think that I think it's just going to be cloudy. I don't think I'm going to get wet. I don't care if I get wet. I told you I don't concern myself with that. Uh, so. But it was pouring yesterday. But I didn't get wet yesterday either. So so we'll see. So it's going to be mostly sunny. Highs to about 76. I like doing the weather. <laughs> right now it's 64. And I think people feel all of that. I mean, you feel the crisp, crispness in the air. So, uh, yeah. So there, there, there's that. Um, what was I talking about yesterday? Uh, the Elm Shakespeare had their gala last night. I, I didn't go to that because um, I had this other commitment. I mean, I can't make every gala. I wish. I mean, such a first world problem. <laughs> it is such it is such a first world problem. Like, I don't even... What? what? So, these are the other earrings I got yesterday. I'm trying to figure out what I, what I want to wear these with. Anyway, so pumpkin, orange, African, gorgeous. And then I got some celestial ones from uh, uh, from uh, Pearl Studio, which are really right up my alley. I, I have quite a few celestial earrings. I don't know what it is. I think I just have a thing for stars. I think I showed these the other day when I, after the Elm City Lit Fest. So these are, these are charming. Charming, charming, charming. So yeah, so I met some met some amazing people last night. I I saw Dominique from uh, Yale Law School. Um, she, you know, we're we're coming back as the Yale Access to Law School folks uh, on the twenty third, and she's coming back to the group. And the new cohort has been announced. And I met uh, Clyde Michael, who uh, I think is Nico who uh, is in this next coming uh, cohort. And uh, he is a graduate of Wesleyan. I think he came He came through the prison education program. Uh, so that's cool. And uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Christine Bartlett-Josie has been uh, accepted into the program. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. Very excited. Very, very excited for these folks. So uh, so the, the new cohort has been announced. Um, and the uh, and the Fed on War site has been announced. I'm excited about that. So, you know, we're just going to go and be fabulous and have a good time. Have a really, really good time.
Um, so, uh, hmm. no, I can't make that. That's pretty nice. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Anyway, that's nice. Um, I'm reading, I'm reading stuff that's coming across my, uh, my email and, uh, it's like, oh, that's a nice touch. That's a nice touch indeed. Uh, so that's good. I, I can't tell you what it is, but, uh, I could say it out loud. So anyway, uh, uh, what else? Oh gosh. So I'm on a New Haven independent site. Cause you know, I got. I got two computers in front of me. I got this one and I got that one over there. So I got the Apple from, from the inner city because that's where we do all our work from. And then I got uh, my desktop, my Lenovo uh, in front of me. So, and uh, Ian, Ian book in front of me. So I'm, I'm excited to sort of read this. And, you know, he's got his own poetry in it too. He, he recited some, uh, last night in conversation. And uh, I see you, Yale, the auditorium over there, got some new chairs, got some new seats. I was like, these are new. <laughs> no time. So anyway, uh, Ocean Landlord denied accelerated rehab. What the hell did he do? Oh, a state judge turned down a mega landlord's request to have a potential criminal record scrubbed clean after determining that the head of ocean management did not qualify for accelerated rehabilitation because he is likely to get in trouble again and end up back in housing court. <laughs> Was he? I, I'm sorry, help me understand. So he's trying to say you got a problem with housing? Like, what's the problem? He can't do right by the, by the tenants and that requires rehabilitation? I'm I'm trying to understand what that means. <laughs> Wait, this just sounds wacky. So, all right. So that that was the upshot of an accelerated rehabilitation uh held for uh Shamul Eisenberg inside the housing court of 121 Elm Street on Tuesday. So the hearing took place after the landlord was charged with criminal misdemeanor for failing to fix water damage in a Hamden apartment complex, along with five other housing co-violation infractions for ocean rental properties in New Haven. Um, I'm sorry. I always think accelerated rehabilitation is for like, I, I, don't, know what the, I don't know what the term is. Like, I don't know what the boundaries are for the terms. So Eisenberg is head of ocean management, a local mega landlord, uh, property management, real estate investment outfit. And, and through its affiliates, Ocean controls over a thousand mostly low-income slum apartments across the city. I, that's my edit. <laughs> so, so through its affiliates, that that's they they own about a thousand slum slum properties. So upon arriving in court on Tuesday, he had six cases pending involving various housing code violations. And so and five of those infractions, uh, while a sixth case involves a criminal charge. So I'm, I'm not understanding the, the accelerated rehabilitation. 
if either fix the properties or you fix the product, what? <laughs> so he applied to participate in an accelerated rehabilitation dis diversionary program. Well, I don't know what to ask. How does this apply to this housing stuff? I, I, I Maybe I'm, I got to read this like I'm five. So which saw the landlord charged with a class C misdemeanor for water damaged kitchen ceiling. Oh, that's the one where it was falling down, where the press was there and it fell in. And walls on the first floor apartment inside a 12-unit complex on Gorham Avenue, 11 Gorham, Gorham Avenue in Hamden. And and that that violates the, the city's, the town's uh, public health code. So the other cases include holes in the roof, trash in the yard at a three-family house on uh, 65 Truman Street, inadequate heating at, at a 17-unit unit, uh, apartment building at uh, 4, 1455 State Street, Damp and bulging ceilings and holes in the floor at the three. You know what, dude? Get just get your ass out of housing because you're not good at this. <laughs> you you clearly are not good at this. I don't think re I don't I, rehabilitation is not going to help you. You just don't care. You don't care, and you don't want to do these things. And so I don't know how rehabilitation is going to make you be better be a better landlord. I, I just don't know. <laughs> ah. So State Superior Court Judge Walter Spader Jr. denied on Tuesday a request by Eisenberg and his attorney Ian Gottlieb uh, to allow the landlord to partake in the program. And the judge sided with Senior Assistant State's Attorney uh, Donna Parker, who argued that Eisenberg is likely to repeat the offenses on which he has been brought to court. I would think so. He's a slumlord. He gonna be slumming. I, I don't know how rehabilitation is gonna fix that unless they make him live in the very apartments that he won't repair. So anyway, uh, two of the major factors in the court's decision to offer accelerate rehabilitation are the severity of the, uh, of the crimes under consideration and the likelihood that the accused might offend in the future. I would say so. He's a slumlord. <laughs> slumlords be slumming. <laughs> Wait, slumlords be slumlording. <laughs> I don't know how you cure that other than fix the damn properties to code. Huh. So to, so uh, the second matter, the chance of Eisenberg repeatedly offending housing and health codes is where the state takes issue. Prosecutor Parker said on Tuesday, in opposition to Eisenberg's AR request, <laughs> there have been 31 cases before the court between 2019 and 2023 concerning ocean management's operations because they be slumlording. <laughs> you know what? He should get the, he should get the, um, the, um, the scarlet letter. S-L, slumlord. Anyway, uh, and ocean, ocean still owns a plethora of properties with potential plethora of problems. <laughs> Slumlording ain't easy. 
And while many of the charges facing Ocean are just infractions, them, them infractions add up, baby. It's the pattern, pattern behind the landlord's behavior. So Parker suggested that should dis that should disqualify him. Parker suggested that should disqualify him from finding protection through accelerated rehabilitation. Listen, slumlord, clean up your properties. Stop trying to hide. This is what you've been doing since 2019, dude. So attorney Gottlieb, who represented Eisenberg in court Tuesday, argued that there was no substantial evidence to prove that Eisenberg would commit another misdemeanor or worse. Yo, attorney, that's what you're going with, attorney Gottlieb. That's what you, you, you ain't say, you say something like COVID put a, uh, put a halt to the way that we could fix up these apartments. Uh, I'm down staff. That's what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, there's no proof that he's going to, I'm sorry. He's been slumlording since 2019. I beg to differ. I dare say he will be slumlording into the near future. I'm no attorney. I just play one on the radio. So he said that the damages at the hand of the property had been fixed back in April. Plus, Ocean Management currently has 54 properties on the market to be sold. That's neither here nor there, attorney uh, Gottlieb. That's neither here nor there, which Gottlieb says means that there are potential offenses that won't even make it to before the court. So I read that to say, so Gottlieb is like, listen, my client is dumping them, them badass properties. So you can't pin future stuff on him. Those those properties are going to be sold. <laughs> no, my man didn't say, listen, listen, there's no future. He's selling those properties. <laughs> Slum loaders be slumming. All right. So there's enough evidence before the court over the past year, Judge respond. Judge Spader responded. If I was a judge, I'd be like, you don't get your ass up out of my court. That's I that would be the kind of, you know what? If I was a judge, I swear to God, I'd have to have a DJ. I can I get a DJ. You know how you they have an officer of the court, you know, and security. Then they got the uh 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 the, the woman that takes the, the notes and all that kind of stuff, um, the paralegal and all that. I need a DJ too. They don't got to be loud and pumping. I don't want to hear it throughout the other, the halls of other courts. But in my court, because it's going to need some backbeat on this foolishness. You need some backbeat. Because this Gottlieb is going to say, <laughs> oh, no, no, Your Honor. There will be no future. He's selling 54 properties. <laughs> and the judge is like, I don't believe what you say because I see what you do, James Baldwin. So what about them? You got properties in front of us now that you ain't working on. So anyway, so uh, <laughs> so Judge Spader alluded to those past violations and cases pending in the present. I can't find faith that we're not likely to have more cases coming again. This is where you insert James Baldwin. I cannot believe what you say because I see 
what you do. And then that's when you bring in some backbeat music. You know, you got to put some, you know, I don't care what you play, some Beyonce or, or or some old school, some old school rap. I mean, 50 years of hip hop, you insert some of that in there. So maybe those cases will be resolved, but I deny the application, he concluded. <laughs> Get up out of my court. <laughs> Eisenberg will next appear in court to face those still pending six, six cases on October 24th. Dude, you slumlorded. Either get out of the game, get out of the game, or do right by the game because you slumlorded. You, and you and listen, if I'm a judge and I see your ass back in here six, seven times for some old foolishness, I'm you listen, I'm a I'ma remand you to custody in your own properties. You know what? You do 90 days in them slum houses. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm wrong for it. I don't know. Can they do that? Do they have uh, discretion to do that? Because that's how I would, you know, seriously. That's that's ridiculous. You either, you either do right by the housing stock that you have, right? You either do right by that or you get out the game. You just get out the game because you ain't built for it. You just want to take the money and run. That means really, you just want to take rent and you don't want to invest in your properties. You, and don't tell me it's the it's the it's the it's the 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 residents, the residents, you know, the folks who who are uh living in these properties. That that ain't it. That's not it, Sobe. Because I, I, I know public housing folks, I know low income housing folks. And 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 the majority of them are just, they just want a clean, safe place to live, and they want a decent rent, and they want you know what I mean, and they want a landlord that's gonna keep up the properties. So when I call about a a, a leaky faucet, you come and you don't make the leaky faucet become a, a floor problem or a ceiling problem or a wall problem, right? That like that's is get out the game, dude. You you know Eisenberg, you you might need to. You might need to get out of this. You drowning in ocean management. That's that's what you doing, bro. You drowning. Get up out of it. Make fine. You know what? Go make a living doing something else. I don't know what you. It's just what your vocation, what your vocation skills are. I I, I don't think it's uh rental management. <laughs> if you see him on the street, said I said, tell him I said so. I I don't I don't think. I don't, you just be slumlording. That's all you're doing. So yeah, if I was a judge, I'd be like, get the hell up out of my court with that mess. And if I see you in here again, I'm going to sentence your ass to 90 days in your own properties. And if you come back in here again, it's going to be a year in your properties. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's how I would get down. But that's just me. Okay, now let's move ourselves to Danbury. These Republicans of Danbury are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And let me tell you why. This cat, this cat, he on the... <laughs> well, they got to have... D, D Giovanni wins the GOP primary for mayor in, in Derby. It's a close margin, triggers recount. I don't know why these cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs people in Derby... Is going to, uh, why would they elect someone who is squarely at the insurrection? So that tells me what the mindset is in Derby. So Alderman Gio, Gino D. Giovanni Jr. defeated incumbent, incumbent mayor 
rich Zizan, Dzizan, Dzikon, Dzikon, to win the Republican primary for Marion primary on Tuesday. Now I'm this on the New Haven Independent. This story was written by uh, uh, this is just a uh, by uh, by the staff. So the vote was 202 to 192 in favor of D. Giovanni. That's crazy. They just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So uh, according to the results from the Derby City Hall. So the margin of victory is close enough to trigger an automatic recount, which they should. Derby officials said the recount has been scheduled for noon on Friday, September 15th. So tomorrow they're going to get in the room. They're going to count these ballots again. Uh, Voter turnout was roughly 31% of registered Republicans. What? Okay. The the, the win means D. Giovanni's name will appear on the Republican line on the ballot during the general election, which is scheduled for November 7th. Um, I I hope these Republicans get thrown summarily out of office. I hope the Democrat wins because this is stupid. This is a level of stupid and crazy Derby, y'all got a lot of problems, and you're going to make this part of it? So anyway, the win means that Dia Giovanni's name will appear under the Republican line on the ballot during the general election. So I said that. Uh, All things we went through just today alone, let alone the last couple of months. But thank you all, guys, for coming and for being here. So Dia Giovanni said to about 25 supporters inside uh, a second floor office on the plaza, on the green of Elizabeth Street. I, I don't, uh, he's, you know, he's there kissing his wife, Heidi. So it feels good that, that it paid off on Tuesday. But you ain't, you, you just won the primary, bro. You're going to get your ass kicked in the general. I, I just feel like, I, who, who in God's name wants an insurrectionist as their mayor? I, that, you know, insurrectionist is not even cold for white supremacy. Insurrectionist is white supremacy. So uh, anyway, uh, Disease Zekon, his name is going to be on the ballot anyway too. So so they get to square up again. Um, but I, I if I was if I was the the sitting mayor, I would have flyers out there with his face from the from the you know the insurrection. I'd be like, is this what we want America to become? This you you sleep well at night knowing that white supremacy is reigning. You you think this is a good idea? This is akin to Taliban stuff. This is this is what they do. I oh I would go in. I would go hard and I would go swift. That's how I but see, I'm like that. So uh so he didn't concede at 8:30. So because it's it's gonna, I mean, why would I concede? I wouldn't concede until they recount. Latest for that. So anyway, the primary derby was unique because, you know, D. Giovanni is is waiting on uh, is pending federal charges, which drew statewide media coverage. I saw I saw the press conference and I, I couldn't figure out what was happening because it didn't say what was happening. So I see him up there standing up there and his attorney is speaking like he's very remorseful. So I was like, did he hit an old lady? Like what happened? And then I go look up. That I put his name in the Google search, and there it is. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then other people put it in the body of the of the post. So uh, uh, Sam 
uh, Palastro, a veteran Derby politician and current vice chairman of the Derby Town Republican Committee, said he did not think that January 6th would hold sway with Derby voters moving forward. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you telling me people in Derby don't care that they got an insurrectionist running for mayor? I I find that hard to believe. What, what you want to say is Republicans don't care. <laughs> Republicans don't care. Okay. So people know that's smoke and mirrors. I question the timing of the charges. You question the timing of the charges. Do you know that they've been on a they've been uh, hunting these insurrectionists from day one? They they like Nazi hunters. Like we don't give a damn what your situation is. We're gonna haul you in. And they've been doing it. So so when did they charge him? Right after he said he was running for mayor, three weeks before an election. Let me tell you something. Let me let me let me let me let me whisper in your ear, uh 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 Palastro. The feds don't give a damn about this cat running for mayor or whatever. They are rounding up these insurrectionists. So I don't think the feds got a personal vendetta against Derby. I find that hard to believe. And if you say in that mess, you cuckoo are kookier for cuckoo cuckoo puffs. I'm just saying. So there hasn't been a GOP mayoral primary in 15 years. So the the Republican the the German Republicans back uh uh to Zekin, uh for mayor in 2015, 2017, 2019, and 2021. But this year the committee opted to give Dia Giovanni's the party line instead of uh, uh, a three-term incumbent. Oh, well, then they were stupid. They made a huge mistake. Now they look like dummies because guess what? You got this cat who engaged in violence on January 6th in the nation's capital. You really want that to be how people know Derby, Connecticut? Are you kidding me? Your mayor is a white supremacist? <laughs> Ooh, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. But uh, so, so uh, Zekin said it happened because Dia Giovanni stacked the committee with friends. Well, you know, that, that's probably more true. That's probably more true. So Palastro, a former uh, uh, Zekin, uh, 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 I, I don't even the Zekin, uh, campaign manager. Damn, that was his campaign. <laughs> this sounds this sound like they got a mob problem in Danbury. <laughs> I mean, uh, Derby. This sounds like it's a mob problem because this just sounds so. This was the for so Palastro was the former campaign manager. Oh, this is some this is mobbish to me. I this that's the only way that could. This is like some old soprano type mess. So the camp said the committee lost faith because he stopped attending Republican meetings. Hell, I'd stop going to Republican meetings too. Y'all don't got no platform. You don't got no story. You don't got nothing new to say. And you just had a pandemic. We just, everybody came over. Listen, I'm not trying to build a case for my man. I don't give a damn what Republicans do. They can implode. And, and they are imploding because they're all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You know, they just like they're the party of the deliberately stupid and the and the willfully ignorant. So, um, Palestro, uh, uh, so Dezekin, 
uh, is running as a Republican. He won 58% of the citywide vote in 2017, 50.6% in 2019, and 50.8% in 2021. So there's four candidates for Derby mayor, but now, not so, 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 but now there are four candidates for Derby for, for mayor, for candidates in the race. And Dear Giovanni is a Republican ticket, former Alderman Joseph D. Martino on the Democratic line, along with uh, Dzekin and retired law professor Charlene McAvoy, a lifelong Democrat running as petitioning candidate. Derby has 6,572 registered voters as of September 11th. Of those, 35% are Democrats, while 19% are Republicans. Oh, they not. Republicans go sit down. Almost 44% of Derby vote, active voters are not registered to either majority party. Whoa. That's a 44% active voters are not registered to either major party. So that means somebody got to do some work knocking on some doors. So if I'm the Democrats, I go woo them. I would go woo them. So I don't know what the climate is like in Derby. I don't know if they lean toward white supremacy like that. If they lean toward white supremacy, uh, and and they had the Republican Republican mayor, then they they might they might like that mess. Although they got more Democrats, so if I'm if I'm the Democrat folks, you know I would band together. See, this is the problem. See, this is this is where you don't have no political sophistication. Because if I'm Joseph D. Martino, I would get with the retired law professor Charlene McAvoy, and uh, uh, and team up and say, "This is what we gotta do to beat these white supremacists," and just and just and just rock it out. Because you got more, you got more uh, Democrats, you know, you, more Democrats vote than Republicans, so you could win. But if you mess around. Mess around, mess around. These these cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Republicans is going to get in. I mean, Disease uh, Dzekin is a, a a Republican. How the hell did he get in? How did how did the Democrats sleep at the wheel for since 2017, 2019, 2020? How? Why? What the hell? Oh my God, you people! I'm telling you, Derby, you want to be the insurrectionist city that is known for the, having the insurrectionist mayor. That's a good look. I don't think so. So, so anyway, uh, DiMartino, the question is, is now whether having two Republicans in the race will dilute the GOP vote and benefit DiMartino. I, I hope so. <laughs> the Democrat who previously served on the board of Alder and coached softball in Derby for generations and lost by 48 votes two years ago. How the hell do you lose by 48 votes? You didn't knock on every Democratic door. And then you got 44% of people who don't have no affiliation. That's like that's like an open buffet. You could go get some of them votes. Who is on your team? You could go get those 44% votes. I'm just saying. I would. I'd be right out there. Like, go, who's your campaign person? Give me the list of all the people who are who are not registered in a party. And you go knock on them doors. And you go see those people at least five, six times till, till they start inviting you to dinner. That's how more you go over there. You keep going over there and be like, hey, hey, what do you think about this? Tell me your thoughts on this. Well, what do you think we need? Talk to these people. I'm just trying to help you. 
Anyway, so uh, DiMartino could have an advantage if the Democrats get out to vote. That's what I said. And went over some unaffiliated. That's what I said. That's a whole buffet out there. Go get you some of that. So a wild card is whether McAvoy, also a Democrat, can mount an effective independent campaign and get her message out. Listen, McAvoy, I know this a little bit of this is probably ego. You probably care deeply about Derby, but a little of this is about ego. So if I were you, I would go and throw my allegiance next to, to the other Democrat so that he could win. And then DiMartino, you give her a place in your cabinet so she can have some say in how damn uh, Derby can fix itself or what, whatever. I don't even know what the problems are in Derby. But I'll tell you what it, what it's going to be if you let this insurrectionist be your mayor. You're going to be like the white supremacist capital of the North. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You really want that on your billboards? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Don't let me get a little bit of money. If I had a billion dollars, I swear to God, I'd put up some signs. I'd go to all these little towns that are fighting this kind of stuff, and I'd put up billboards. What they going to do? Raise some money and beat me at it? No way, Jose. So uh, so how, so DiMartino and his, his campaign will have to do a better job in the next few weeks to get Democrats to the polls. You're damn skippy. You better get them out. You better get every Democrat. You better get every Democrat out of those houses and you better go chase those 40 40 that 44 percent of unaffiliated uh voters and they are actual voters like they voted so go get them go get them so uh so d martino and his campaign they have to do a better job in the next few weeks to get democrats to the polls his vote tally in 2021 was actually less than coppola the democrat who unsuccessfully challenged uh, Dzeikin in 2019. So tonight, so the primary, uh, Tuesday's primary highlights the fact that people are dissatisfied with Rich Dzeikin. All right, that's fine. And you go to the people and say, I know, I know you, I know you're not, I know you, you're not feeling me right now. I know I've probably disappointed you in some areas that mean something to you. But let me tell you something. The big, what's at stake is, do we want, Derby to be an insurrectionist, uh, 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 a place where insurrectionists are comfortable trying to overthrow the federal government under racist conditions. Do we really want that to be our, our look? No. So you need to Watch a three-term mayor fail to gain his party's nomination since a strong message that the citizens of Derby want change. Yeah, but DiMartino, you can bring change. There's no narrative that can't be edited and adjusted. You just need some good campaign people. You need some you need some visionaries around you who can help you spin a different way. You got to come out swinging. You've got to come out contrite. You have to come out saying, "Listen, I know you disappointed in me. So you need the temptations behind you. You needed to you need the temptations behind you singing, "I wish it would rain." And then you go to the people and you throw yourself on their on on their doorstep and say, "Look. Look. I want better." And with you with with your vote and my energy, we could have better. We could do better. So I don't know. So anyway, D, 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 D Martino said in a prepared statement, I'm confident that I'm the strongest candidate with the best ideas to lead the city with competence, dignity, and professionalism. professionalism. We must turn the city around and recover from the serious damage that uh, Rich has done over the last six years. 
I, I look forward to continuing to share my vision with the voters. Okay, that's a good start. You got to go a little harder than that. You got to go a little harder. You got to go a little harder. You got to convince people that you really want this job and that you're going to work harder than you've ever worked harder in your life. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got to come a little harder. You got to come a little harder. You got to line yourself with some young people. You got to get the grandmas out there. You got to get you some aunties. You got to get all kinds of people out there. You got to get you some school teachers. You got to you got to show a united front that you are the best candidate. That's that's a good good start. Good start. But you're going to have to talk a little tougher cuz you got to overcome this insurrectionist foolishness because whatever that message is, Whatever that, whatever that foolishness, that cocoa for cuckoo puff stuff is, it is resonating with the citizens of Derby. And you've got to find a way to combat that with sense. <laughs> you, you might need a choir. <laughs> I don't know. You might, you might need a choir. You might need a choir. You might need an old school choir. Because if you get beat by an insurrectionist, you know, somebody who's probably going to go to jail. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. They've been, listen, have you seen these sentences they've been handed down to these cats? 20 years, 17 years, some of them doing nine months. Listen, I don't think it's a good look that your mayor, before he even gets into office, got to go do a few months in a federal prison complex. If that's what you want, Dan Barry. I mean, Derby. That's what you want. I don't. Who am I to stand in your way? I'm in New Haven. We got our own problems. <laughs> we we got our we got our own problems. But uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's interesting to sort of. I'll tell you, that is crazy, 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 crazy. I, I got to hear some news on West Haven. I don't know what the deal is in West Haven, you know, because uh, I, I do want to know. I do want to know. Uh, I do want to see what happens. And, you know, I think, you know, Paul, when you do the election, I know we are in New Haven Center. But we got to do everybody's elections because I just want to know. I just want to I just want to see what's happening. And I don't want to go look nowhere else. I want the New Haven Independent to put it up. That's that's how I'm rolling. Okay, so Lucy's piece on the um, the Lit Fest brings Black romance to Dixwell. It did. That was such a good. Lit Fest was so good this year. I mean, it's always good as far as I'm concerned, but it was really good. Uh, it was really really good. I enjoyed myself. Uh, I, I you know I love this little hula hoop girl, uh, Diamond Tree of Hood Hula. She just be out there doing it. I I like to see her everywhere I go. So, and then Isaac Bloodworth did some art with kids. These little kids were so happy to get all this artwork done. And it was all framed up. They were so proud. They was coming out with their little artwork. And you parents got to put that stuff up somewhere. I know I'm out that game. <laughs> Woo! So out, out that game. Uh, I got the chance to talk to uh, Dr. Katrina Jackson. It was lovely, lovely to talk to her. Um, all her books were so, selling out too. So I was like, all right. So it was nice. It was it was a good look. It was it was it was some authors I didn't get a chance to catch up to, um, but I enjoyed all the ones that I I did get to speak to. And there's Markeisha with all her books. So yeah, we had a good time. 
I, I enjoyed it. I, the highlight for me was meeting uh, um, Beverly Beverly Jenkins, uh, and and uh, um, Roxanne Gay. I enjoy I enjoy Roxanne Gay. Although I tell you what, I I would love to get into a a a a, a makeover space with Roxanne Gay. She's such a beautiful woman. Like she physically is a looking, beautiful looking woman, but she dresses like she's in middle school. <laughs> I don't mean that unkindly. Like people should be able to wear what they want to wear. But I think sometimes women who are 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 uh of of girth and height tend to want to not draw they think they're not they think by dressing dull that they are not bringing attention to themselves you know that to to dress up would mean uh, a, a a lot of work and it would draw undue attention and i and i understand that uh, but there are ways to sort of look tailored and pulled together but not flashy do you know what i mean and so i i would love and she you know she, i thought she had a, a relationship with universal standards um because I would love to dress her. I, you know, I mean, as a as as a as one big woman to another. I mean, I I know I I I think I wear clothes very well, and I think I have a good eye for pieces that work on my body. So I would just try to get her to think about pieces that work on her body, you know, um, so that she can she can show up in spaces, not not cowering a little bit, not not trying to be invisible. Because uh, I think I think she dresses that, that she's thinking she's invisible, you know, without too much thought, and uh, and uh, and and I and I get it because you know, big women, some big women, but now you know there's a whole renaissance of big women. We out here, <laughs> and we wearing bright ass colors and mini dresses and form fitting stuff. We wearing it. We out here. We out here. We out here. <laughs> and we and we ain't going to nobody's gym. We out here, and and there and stores are starting to cater to us. And there are places that you know we there's way more things. You know, when I was a kid, when I was when I was you know fluffy when I was younger, uh, and I wasn't even fat then, but I was plus size. I was a size fourteen, which was the, is the beginning of plus size. There was only like you know Lane Bryant and and Catherine's. Catherine's was like an old lady store. <laughs> Lane Bryant did try to have some modern stuff, but that was it. Now there's all kinds of places. Even you know, popular brands have added uh, plus size to their to their clothing repertoire. So there's way more choices than when I was, you know, younger. So and I take advantage because you know I shop. I don't. I mean, I don't shop shop. I have great pieces that I've shopped for. So I'm just saying. I, I would love to take on uh, Roxanne Gay and dress her, you know, work with a stylist and figure out a style for her, you know, because she's a she's a good looking woman, like a beautiful looking woman. And she has great hair. And I'm thinking, girl, you need some nicer clothes. So anyway, I, I hope I wasn't being mean. I was not trying to be mean. I was just like, I, I think what I'm saying is I understand the trying to be invisible in your clothing. I get it. So I've never been that, but I understand. I understand the dynamic behind it. I get it. So anyway, I'm going to take a break. I'll be back at 1015 and uh, we'll talk some more about whatever. It's it's, uh, it's uh, weekend eve. 
Hi, this is Bad Strolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
let you down. But there's something I want to say to you. Hey, get up, brothers. Do any dance that's groovy to you. Yeah, man. Field day for the heat. There are a thousand people in 
time for us to face the truth and level with each other. It's time for us to face the fact that every brother ain't a brother. There are some who say to the world at large, I'm no color, I'm just a man. And there are some who say to the folks of town that black power is not their plan. But through it all, we kid ourselves and... Woo! Welcome back to Love, Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Had a little technical difficulty because live radio is full of technical difficulties. <laughs> oh my God, it is Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. The Fed on Noir, the AKA Fed on Noir is Saturday. Um, tomorrow night, uh, Sticks, Bones, and the Bone Squad are playing at Jazzy's. So I'm going to go check them out uh, tomorrow. Uh, Terrence Riggins has a show at Collective Consciousness on Friday and Saturday. Um, there's a cowboy play happening, a black cowboy play happening at Lyman uh, um, this weekend. So there's a there's a there's a plethora. That's our word today, boys and girls. Plethora. I thought I had that uh doggone um uh, cowboy picture up. I don't know where it is, but it's uh let me go and see if I can find it. Um but it's happening this weekend, and I think uh I think you'll you'll enjoy that. So there's a lot going on. Uh, just make your plans accordingly. Um, the cowboy play at Lyman this weekend. Um, Terrence Riggins uh, one man show happening, uh, and it's uh, uh directed by uh, Cheyenne. Y'all know Cheyenne, and. Uh, and then uh, Bone Sticks and uh, the Bone Squad. Uh, Sticks Bone and the Bone Squad. So I'm going to go check them out tomorrow night. See what's happening. Uh, and I think I don't I don't think I have any plans early Saturday morning. I think my morning Saturday is pretty, pretty clear. Yeah. So we don't start. Oh, no. I got to get up and go to a clock. Uh, Broadbent's uh, uh, memorial service. You know, he was a veteran, so he's getting a veteran service. So I'm going to go run up to uh, wherever that is for a little bit and then run over to uh, the Yacht Club for uh, a little bit of memorial uh, memorial gathering. Or what we would call where I come from, the repast. And then I got to go home. Uh, then I got to go get my makeup done for the AKA FET because, you know, I can't show up there without without my my face beat to the gods. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I got to be all the way live. So I don't know what I'm wearing yet. It's not probably I'm like I listen, I haven't bought nothing new in forever. Uh, but I got, you know, I got some I got some stuff in the I got some stuff in the uh in the closet. So I'm not I'm not I'm not too worried. Uh, about that, you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly, not terribly worried about that. So uh, I'll make my way, and uh, uh, that's it. You know, I don't really, 
It's a full weekend. It's a full on weekend full of things. And I'm looking forward to it. So I think the weather is going to be really, really nice. Uh, so I want people to uh, go and uh, check out stuff. Who is this? Why, why do I have a... Oh, Tom Gold, Goldenberg sent me something. I'm like, if you don't stop sending me stuff, <laughs> you know damn well I'm not going to champion no Republican nothing. I don't care if you are an independent, you you are a Republican. And uh I'm not I'm not helping you in any sort of shape, form, or fashion. I'm like, don't call me. Ain't no there are no Republican radio stations. <laughs> You know, ain't no Republicans you could call on. I don't even know how many Republicans there are in New Haven. They sort of hide out. You know what I mean? Like they sort of crouch down. You know, I, and until they, you know, for me, until Republicans reconcile and that Trump and denounce that Trump foolishness. I mean, what are they gonna say to people? They can't come in. I mean, what are they gonna do? I don't know. I don't. I don't know who they think is going to champion then. And I know there's some black and Latino folks that like that Trump madness. I mean, I know. That's on them. You know, we all got we all got our crosses to bear <laughs> or burn. I mean, you know, however way you want to however way you want to look at it. So Yeah. You know. High five to all the new babies that uh got to vote for the first time. Uh, this primary season, you know, high five to you. I remember, I remember when I when I was when I turned eighteen, I was registered to vote, and I was, I was a registered independent for a very long time, for the better part of my adult life, because I just had this belief that, um, oh, I didn't want to belong to a party, I just wanted to belong to ideals, and uh, and it wasn't until uh, uh till I realized I've got to get in the Democratic Party because that's where things happen. I changed and uh, never looked back. You know, for me, I, I'm not suggesting that's what other people do. I, I just needed to uh, align myself with the party that was doing stuff. And uh, and and being independent is not really independent. It just It's just unaffiliated. And I needed to be affiliated. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be a Republican because I just find them all distasteful. Even the ones that I know are people that I know and admire. The the politics of that is just too much. And you can say whatever you want. You can say the party of Lincoln. I don't give a damn. Lincoln was suspect as hell and had no no love for Black people. He was doing whatever it was in the best interest of white men not black men, not black people. He was not in the interest of black people. I don't care what anybody says. And they could paint him to be nobler and noblest, you know, whatever, you know. But he had to have pushback from Frederick Douglass, right? Those contemporaries of the day, uh, Sojourner Truth, 
you know, he wasn't uh uh he wasn't uh alone in his you know he didn't have an epiphany do you know what i mean he didn't uh he didn't come up with this stuff on his own you know like he was some great you know thinker i think he probably was a great thinker uh, that's that's how he got to uh to to the decisions and the fact that somebody was so mad about that, he went in the theater and killed him. You know, white folks have had a gun sickness from the very beginning. So, you know. And, and you know, Abraham Lincoln was trying to get all the black people to go to the Caribbean. We're going we to just put them on boats and send them to the Caribbean. I'm just saying. So, you know. Uh, so if it wasn't for Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth, I don't think he would have. I, I don't. He was not concerning himself with the plight of black people, the 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 plight of Africans in America, that they brought here, that they dragged here, that they kidnapped here. He wasn't concerning himself with that. I'm not convinced. I think he, 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 yes, he had a lot of challenges in front of him because that those Southern states was like, we want slavery and we want to keep slavery. And even poor white people, you know, the 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 way to show you were of means or had some money was to own some slaves. And even the poorest among them strives to own a slave or two. You know, because it was status too. So when they make these Lincoln movies and they don't uh, they make these Lincoln movies and they don't put Frederick Douglass in them or Sojourner True, they just want to keep it white because they want to downplay the uh, the influence of black people on on the, the president. You know, it's just it's just egregious to me. It's just it's just they just go to great lengths to ensure that. Somehow or other, whiteness is noble. That they were on the right side of angels. No, you ain't never been on the right side of angels. What? The, the moment that you put people in slave ships as cargo was the moment that all humanity was lost. From the moment you stepped on these shores <coughs> and massacred the folks that were already here, your humanity was already called into question. So lest we forget, let us not forget. You know, let us not let us not hold to a romantic notion of history and the truth of history. You know, uh, let's 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 walk in truth. That's all I'm saying. You know, and, and we and you know we're not. Uh, folks are not built for the truth of history, particularly as it relates to 
Africans in America. It's not built for that. They're not built for breeding farms to hear about breeding farms. They're not built for that. They're not they're not built for uh babies, black babies being fed to alligators as bait. They're not built for that. They're not built to hear that. Because it's because it cripples them. Because that's that's their ancestors. That's the inhumanity of their ancestors. To beat a man to the point where his back is uh, unrecognizable. That's, you know, and then all the laws to ensure the curtailing of African movement in this country after emancipation, please. I, I can see why you don't want to teach that history to your children because you're embarrassed by it and you don't know how to reconcile it and you don't know how to wrestle with it and live with it because a lot of that spirit of your ancestors lives within. And you probably have fantasies of a time where that could be acceptable again. Now, I'm not saying this for all white people. So don't, don't be writing me letters and sending me little messages. That That's not what I'm saying. And again, you're not listening. You just, you're hearing, but you're not listening. Because you you up in your feelings about it. But there's enough books out there. There's enough scholars out there. There's enough people out there where you can absolutely get into it and have real discussions. I'm not having discussions, but you can have discussions and engage in discussions. That's a necessary thing. Necessary. Necessary, necessary. So I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, that's where I'm at. So, oh, there's some jazz on the green at 12. I'm going to miss that. Oh, boy. This is going to be good. I'm sorry I'm missing this. Well, I think they got a few more turns at this of of, of uh, pu putting on little productions on the green. Um, the rhythm connection, I think. The rhythm exchange. You know. Uh, uh, I think that, yeah, the rhythm, the rhythm exchange, the rhythm exchange, which is uh, out of the arts and ideas, the International Festival of Arts and Ideas. So they're doing it uh, from 12 to 1.30. So uh, it's, today, it's, uh, it's Thursday, gee, Alan Lowe and the Constant Sorrow Orchestra. <laughs> I love it. Alan Lowe and the Constant Sorrow Orchestra. I, boy, I'd like to know why this is called this. Uh, so anyway, Alan Lowe grew up in uh, Massapequa Park, New York, in the late 1950s and, uh, and in the early 1960s. He started playing saxophone in jazz groups at the age of 15 and had some of his first jazz experiences as a teenager at the legendary Lower East Side uh, Slugs, seeing Ornette Coleman's band and Charles Mingus, among others. So this is a free event. There are food truck vendors, lawn games, and seating will be available during the duration of these events. So go. I, I caught one. I caught the Cuban, the Cuban band by way of Spain, <laughs> by way of Florida, uh, they were so good and, and they just was jamming. Uh, and then I caught the, uh, the early in the season, I caught 
the uh, I think it's the Hill House marching band, one of the marching bands, and that was good. So I, I'm sorry I'm going to miss this because I've got a commitment at uh, 11.30 to about 12.30. I, I might be able to make it. Who knows? We'll see. We shall see. We'll figure it out. But, you know. but um, so I'm going to go have lunch and a good lunch at that. So I'm excited. You know. I found some shoes in the drainage. That's what we're doing. So anyway, uh, it's Thursday. And there's lots going on for Friday. So take, take in all this good weather. It's not sweater weather yet. <laughs> it's not sweater weather. Not yet. Well, you might. You might want a sweater now because I think it's a little breezy and windy and cool because uh, of the storm. And so uh, so just, you know, throw something. On. My grandma would say, put something on your arms. <laughs> Baby, put something on your arms. Okay, grandma. Put something on your arms. Ah, all the things, all the things. So I think it's going to rain on Monday. 50 percent chance of rain on Monday, but for the weekend tomorrow the highs of seventy two, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Saturday again the highs of seventy two, Sunday the highs of seventy six, uh, and they're cloudy days, so maybe the sun will peak out, maybe it won't. Like today is sunny, tomorrow will be overcast, Saturday will be overcast, Sunday not so much. It'll be, you know, dry, sun will peak out, and then Monday it'll rain. You know, so so there's a lot going on. So uh, there's a lot going on. But you, you won't have to worry about weather. That's my point. You won't have to worry about weather and uh, and be concerned about weather. <laughs> you know, not, not be concerned about weather. So anyway, uh, I'm just trying to do all the things. And he's trying to do all, all the things. And uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. I, I like a Thursday. I need to pick up my book and finish reading. I'm almost done with the uh, um, Isabel Allende book. I'm almost done. I probably could knock it out this weekend if I if I could find some sit-down time. Um, And it, no, because tonight I'm going out to dinner. And after dinner, though, because dinner's at 6.30, I'm not going out with people who are going to hang out all night. So I would imagine by 8, 8.30, we'll be done. So maybe I'll get some some reading time in, you know, or I'll come home and, you know, clean my trap house. <laughs> I'm, there's no shame in it. I, I got lots of wine glasses that need to be washed. So I might do that. And then uh, that's about it. I don't, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I have a full dance card, and uh, and then next week doesn't look like it's going to be even less busy or less full. You know, it's it's not going to be less busy or less full. Do you know what I mean? So, and I I don't mind. You know, I like as I said. You know, this is the only life you get. Fill it with stuff, but only the things that you want to do. I mean, there there is something to be said for things that are necessary uh, on a global and a community sense that you want to be a part of and you want to you want to have some input and some say in. You know, I I get that. Like I get that. You know, because we all 
some of us, the, the friends that I roll with, uh, we we like making a difference in the world and in our community. We that's we are charged with that. We respect that. We take that on. Um, but but beyond that, you know, there's there is this idea that you uh, uh that you and I get this whole nap ministry and rest. But I you know I tell people I don't work in a coal mine. I'm not tired. My my mind is not tired. I mean, my body is tired, but that's in the normal course of going through the day and all the things. I'm not exhausted. I have been exhausted because uh, sometimes you extend yourself beyond reason. And sometimes you're exhausted because you're doing everything that you love to be doing, and it's a lot. You know, uh, but... I I I'm trying to create a different kind of work life balance. I'm trying to create a different kind of work life balance. And and it's a it's one of these things where I'm just trying to figure it out. And I think it it starts with my space. I have to figure out the spacing of how I live in this in this apartment. Cuz I I have a lot of things and uh but by things I mean a lot of books, a lot of clothes, and that's really the the gist of it. So I have to figure out, you know, how to how to make this into the dream space for for the next few years, you know, while I'm standing. So so we'll see what happens. And I'm gonna do the very best that I can, you know, uh and and not get frustrated in the process of not moving along fast enough on some of the things that I care deeply about. Do you know what I mean? Like I really want to trick this space out. Like there's paint that I want to do. There's window treatments I want to do. Like there's all these things. And then there's time, time to do these things. And, you know, now I'm I'm about to throw myself into applying to law schools. And I honestly, for the first time, I don't have a vibe about how that's going to go. I don't I don't really have a vibe for how that's going to go. I'm nervous. I'm nervous in a lot of ways. Not nervous like I can't think or I can't move. Nervous like I know how I want to do this and there's a good chance that I won't be able to do this because I don't I don't have any money. And uh and I don't come from money. And uh and I and I and I don't know if I can get money, right? So <laughs> So that's that's a huge part of it. That's the that's the biggest part of it. I, I have no doubt I could do the work. I'm I'm not worried about the the work. Like I could do the work. It'll be rigorous and grueling. So what? I already have a master's degree. I already have an undergraduate degree. I already have a certifications and things. So I, I know how to study. I I know how to study and I know how to time manage. I know how to time manage. Because I don't first of all, I'm one of these people I don't like putting off homework. I don't like putting on projects. I don't like putting on papers. You give me an assignment, I'm knocking it out. Because I'd rather have time on the back end than on the front end. Do you know what I mean? I'm one of those people. And that was something I learned in college. I learned in college rather quickly because I didn't like, you know, scrambling for to do papers. And I remember I did that. We we had a trip. A bunch of us had a trip to Carowinds. And Carowinds is like a big amusement park over a weekend. And I said, oh, 
I've got time to do my, I had a paper due or something. I have time to do this paper. And I just messed around and messed around. And the paper was due like in days or some old mess. And I thought to myself, I know better than this. I never want to be in this situation again. So this is what I learned. Uh, when we get assignments and we had to write papers or essays or whatever the hell it was, I go right to the library, right then and there and start the process of writing. And then I would be done before the week was out of that damn paper. And then, cause it wouldn't be done for, it wouldn't be due until like the end of term or some old mess. And I was like, oh no, no. Cause then, cause I, I social. So I like being social and I knew I couldn't be as social as I wanted to be piecemealing papers and writing assignments. Uh-uh. I was like, mm. I had a structure and I followed it. People were like, oh my God, how'd you do that? I said, cause I never want to be in that place of scrambling to do a damn paper or a writing assignment. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be caught out there trying to figure this out. So, so what I did was I just managed my time. So that if I ran into glitches, I could smooth them out. If I needed more information, I could go to like a bigger library in Charlotte or whatever, or in town. You know what I mean? Like I accounted for all that on the front end so that I would not be like caught out there. And my classmates would be caught out there all the time. Not me. Not me, not me, not me. I was like, oh no, 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 no. So I I would imagine I would take this same sentiment to law school. <laughs> Whatever their reading is, oh, I'm knocking that out. So so because I want to be in a position, if I if I got some reading to do, I want to be able to read it twice. I don't want to want to read it for the first time and run in the class and and like BS my way through. Nope. I read it one time. Whatever they assign it, okay, this is what I got to do. All right, I'm knocking this out. And now I want to be able to read it again so that it becomes a part of my being. That's it. And if I got to write some old thing, I'm getting it done. I'm not trying to hurry. I'm not trying to be harried and all that other kind of stuff. No. No way. No way. No way, my friend. No way. So that's what I'm excited about. But I, I hope that the stars are in my favor. I hope my... LSAT score is higher than my last LSAT score. And my last LSAT score wasn't bad. It's was like, all right, I'm I'm feeling that. But I'm hoping it's a little bit better. I'd love to have 10 more points, but we'll see what happens. It would it would be nice to have 10 more points. But even that, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over. Because this is what I know at the core, at the end of the day because I've done the work, I'm on the path. What is meant for me won't get past me. I believe that wholeheartedly. My life reflects that in so many ways. So what is meant for me won't get past me. And as long as I stand in that space, I won't be afraid, I won't be nervous, and, 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 and it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It will be all right and and that's how i'm gonna that's the hand i'm playing you know and there's a good chance i won't get into any law school and i gotta be all right with that and so then that means i pivot into the next thing it's all right i could just pivot i could just i i know how to pivot i'm not i'm not married 
Like if, if I'm crushed, I won't be crushed. If, if I don't get into anybody's law school, it's all right. It's all right. It's going to be all right. There'll be something else for me to do. Something else is, 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 is looking for my attention and I'll just follow that North star. I, I'm good. I, I did everything I know to do. And that's how, that's how I know. That's how I walk in truth. And that's how I live peacefully. I've done everything I know to do in this process. And that is it. And if the answer is no, the answer is no. And I keep it moving. I keep it pushing, as the, as the young people say. I keep it pushing. <laughs> but, you know, listen, I appreciate everybody on the, uh, uh, along for the ride. I do. Because it has, it has been my wings. It has been uh, energy. It has been air. It has been uh it has been a bomb. So so I'm out. I'll, I'll be back tomorrow. I think tomorrow I'm talking to Michael Jai White. Cause you know, he got a new film. He got a new film coming out. And uh I believe he's gonna be my guest tomorrow. I'm gonna put the trailer up, uh, Harry, tomorrow. I'm gonna send it to you later today. I think they confirmed. Uh, but he's coming on sometime tomorrow. So outlaw Johnny Black. Um, him, Anika Noni Rose, all kinds of people are in this thing. And you know, I love a good ass Western, a black ass, good ass Western. So uh, Michael J. White will be my guest tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. <laughs> It'll be fun. Oh, it is going to be lots of fun. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Paul. Tune in tomorrow. 103.5 WNHH live streaming across all social media. Particularly on the New Haven Independent.